The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Lauren Elliott is a former journalist and became a holistic health advocate after she experienced an emergency delivery of her son only eight months after getting married. As a child, Lauren was drawn to storytelling and entered a creative writing contest at the age of eight. She eventually won that contest along with the spot on the front page of her school's newsletter, which fueled a passion and curiosity for shedding light on communities who've gone unheard. She holds a bachelor's degree in digital media and women's studies from the University at Albany and master's degree in public affairs journalism. Now she spends her time connecting millions of New Yorkers to healthier lifestyles by day while offering millennial women of color a practical approach to self-care as the founder of Candlelit Box. Giving birth motivated her to turn a fearful experience into a mission-based subscription service that eases the process of setting aside time for personal wellness prior to crisis situations. Through monthly delivery of books, candles, tea, and wellness products, Lauren helps black and brown women manage their stress during major life events, whether it's college, promotion, or motherhood. Family, let's welcome Lauren Elliott to the Minding My Black Business podcast. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. We have another wonderful episode of Minding My Black Business, and I am so excited to talk to this person. Um, I guess I shouldn't say this person. She's right here with me. So I have Lauren Elliott on the, on the phone, on the line, and so we are about, to talk, <laughs> We're about to talk about some really, really cool things um, and something that's really important to me, and it seems like... Um, uh, now that the seasons are starting to change, it's going to be even more important as we sort of walk out of winter and go into spring. I guess depending where you are, because if you're from Alabama like I am, you don't really have four seasons proper. But uh, <laughs> the idea of self-care is is uh, paramount for uh, Black entrepreneurs. And so before I get into all those questions, because I feel like I've already started, let me pause <laughs> introduce Lauren to the family. So Lauren, welcome to Minding My Black Business. Thank you for so much, Janae, for having me. I'm, I'm a huge listener of your podcast. I, I think it's amazing that you've provided a space to speak openly about mental health and, and business, you know, specifically for Black folk, you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely much needed. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Um, so before mm-hmm. I um, get into my questions, because I have a few, I'm rubbing my hands together. Yes. Excited. Um, can you introduce <laughs> yourself to the family and then tell, um, tell us where we can find you? So um, I'm Lauren Elliott. Um, I, my background is mainly in journalism. And more recently, over the past, I'd say like five years, I've worked in various marketing roles, um, which has been very helpful. I feel like I was blessed enough to find work that allowed me to first 
market content, which I was, which felt very familiar. I was like producing content as a journalist for years. Mm. Um, and, and, and that felt, that was like a better kind of like smoother transition. And now I'm working on like a more traditional kind of marketing campaigns. Um, so it's been, it's been fine. It's been good. Um, and uh, of course, so that's by day. And then, <laughs> and then um, by night, uh, I, seven months ago, I dreamed of a, a subscription service to kind of ease stress management or insert stress, stress management into uh, the lives of women of color. Uh, it's called Candlelit Box. Mm-hmm. And it really, it really is, yeah, it's a process of inserting personal care and wellness into or back into the lives of millennial women, women of color. And um, it's a discovery of curated wellness products and they're made for us, I like to say, and by us. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm also, so in addition, you know, we offer, we, I like to say we offer women a, a moment of time to reclaim that time that they've been giving away on a like daily, monthly basis. And then each month we deliver hand-picked books uh, by authors of color, for candles, organic tea, wellness and beauty products. Um, you can find me or find us at Candlelit Box on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Our website is shopcandlelit.co. It's H-O-P, candlelit.co. Uh, very easy. And then email. I'm very accessible via email. It's hello at shopcandlelit.co. I, I'm, I'm freakishly responsive on email, but, you know, I, <laughs> I, I will take time to kind of just digest the message, but I, I like to be kind of open and accessible for, for anyone who wants to support me or ask me a question and kind of parlay. Um, very accessible in that way. That's perfect. And um, so for those who are out and about are not able to write those things down, I will include all of those wonderful links um, to um, to Lauren's pages as well as to her website um, so that you can get a, a chance to check out all those things and grab you a box. And so speaking of this box, the box is beautiful, first of all. There is this, I don't know if you drew the image of this uh of this black woman, I'm assuming she's black. I'm totally projecting. Uh, this black woman yeah. <laughs> on this box, yes, yeah, uh, taking care of herself, and um, and it just sort of reminded me how, um, reminded me yet again how representation is so crucial. Because um, I think oftentimes when people hear self care, they sort of tune out and think of it more so as a luxury, as opposed to like, no, this is what's going to help me sustain. Um, sustain myself so the box is gorgeous thank you I really appreciate that yeah the the, the how that came about was um yes I absolutely agree with you it's very important for us to be represented and see ourselves in any product and I mm-hmm. I think we've really as a as a community um people of color as a community and just specifically black women we we spend so much time researching and trying to make sure if things actually work for our, our bodies like as far as health and beauty like and hair, like, will it, you know, will it actually make my curl pattern pop? You know, will this be good for my skin? Am I going to break out? And um, a lot of products aren't usually thought, they're not even kind of created with us in mind. So I was trying to be very intentional about uh, each of the aspects of the, the company, but specifically the box, since I know it was basically going to be the tangible product inside people's homes. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people consider their homes, a lot of black women consider their homes their haven. Um, and I want to be very intentional about that. I actually commissioned the artwork from an artist 
who I featured in uh, my first, our first curated box. Mm. She actually makes hand-carved pins. Um, her, her business is Afro Knot, and she's based out of Chicago. And I saw that she did the pins, but then I saw on her, um, her Etsy page, I was like, oh, so you're an artist. You actually have, like, watercolor. And I was like, I've been actually thinking about doing watercolor for the, the actual box. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was just a white, plain box. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But um, it was, <laughs> yeah, so I just had our sticker, like, our logo sticker on it, and it was just white, plain. And I had asked her, I said, you know, could I, you know, can I commission some artwork? And she said, of course. Mm-hmm. She gave me a great price. And yeah, I basically told her, I gave her an idea of like what kind of woman I was trying to encapsulate. Uh, and she, you know, I said, I want her to have, you know, natural hair. I want her to be in like in a relaxed, meditative kind of state. Mm-hmm. And she, I give the credit to her. She like, you know, I gave her kind of creative license to come up with you know, amazing work. She came up with a few rough sketches and I, she just, I chose one, I chose that one. And next thing you know, she made like a beautiful kind of image. And uh, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. You know, absolutely, it was very important to me. Yeah. I think that is a wonderful um, partnership that you have um, together. And I also, you know, sort of also, you know, piggybacking off the idea of partnership, I think I saw somewhere that you, in terms of like the contents of the box, that you work to ensure that the brands that are presented are women of color brands. Um, and so for you, why is that, why is that important for the, the candlelit box? Yeah, so we partner with like people of color on wellness brands. It's important because I, I definitely want to vet the products, uh, make sure these brands and these companies are kind of aligned with our mission, which is to support a holistic and healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I also think it's uh, with the resurgence of kind of like our black communities and black excellence, mm-hmm. you know, like post 444. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's very, I wanted to take kind of insert myself in, in that way and serve um, through my purpose in this way of just recycling our, our black dollar. I think, mm-hmm. um, that years ago there was like a black wall street and this is kind of like my effort to uh like bring that back up or like add to the resurgence of just us partaking in items or products and services that are made for us made with us in mind Mm -hmm. and also made by us i think it's it's extremely important for us to support each other Uh, we we're pretty much i mean uh, between i know there's research between like our black dollar and just how money like kind of shuffles around the community. Mm-hmm. We can really, as a community, sustain ourselves. We have like our population is growing in size, like you know, extremely fast and quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, very like very similar to like the Latinx uh, Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. They're I think they're right above us as far as like growth as an overall population, and it's just becoming a more you know colorful America. It's becoming a more brown America, and I think you know, taking upon, taking upon ourselves to just realize that and kind of support each other early on mm-hmm. uh, will really help us just be a sustainable community and um, really see ourselves as, you know, being worthy of receiving these products with us in mind, as opposed to just subscribing to other services or, or products just because they exist. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, we don't really know much about them and they don't keep us in mind. Oh my goodness. I feel like that's a whole nother show. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. That was wonderful. I love that. Um, and you're so 
Right, because this not only sort of recycles the black dollar as you talked about, but also um, perhaps gets gives an opportunity for these artists or entrepreneurs to um, uh, get connected with a customer base that they might not have known about. And so, um, so for exactly. you to curate curate that and provide that for us, so that's that's wonderful. Um, so I'm gonna pull back a little bit and talk about self care in general. Okay. Um, so what makes self-care so important to you like why it's so important that you created a business behind it but why why is that yes so the so i basically um my son he he just turned one i I became a mom about eight months after getting married so Mm -hmm. within the span of a year i got married i had my son and it was extremely overwhelming just from going from just having my independence and being very independent, being raised as a very independent thinker and woman um, by my parents. It just, I was basically transitioning from independence to codependence. So there was that transition and um, dealing with the stress that comes along with that. Also just um, my circle, again, just being more mindful of energies around me, specific to me being pregnant and and the birthing process. I, I feel like at that time, it's a time where you really need a lot of support, as much support as you as you can get. Um, and I definitely had my family, of course, as a support system, uh, which I'm always grateful for. Uh, but you also want to lean on like peers, you know, and um, didn't quite have that. So there were a lot of, uh, it was a very transformative time for me. And um, it also kind of coupled with stress. And um, a lot of those instances I find are very prime for stress-related uh, issues. And, you know, I, I know that there's, like, research about the intersection of health disparities and race-related stress and trauma-related stress. Um, and, you know, just being circled, just being kind of surrounded by all these stats, make, it, may, it really makes you, like, not even want to wake up. I mean, like, get out of bed. It, it, can, it can overwhelm you just, just knowing that. So during that time, I was researching a lot of the birthing process, labor and delivery, um, because I didn't know it was my first time. Mm-hmm. And I started to really focus on my personal care. Yeah. And I feel like I started to, I only started to really focus on my personal care at that time when I kind of felt like I was in extreme need of it. And um, I started to kind of think that this should be more of a preventative approach, you know, and it should be to make it seem more preventative. It should be seen as more practical. And um, so the box is essentially like uh, a culmination of me really dealing with stress and, and trying to be uh, more proactive about it, kind of showing the message of you don't have to wait as, until you're, you know, basically, let's say if you're a single professional, like, you know, you're working 10-hour days, you don't have to wait until that point, you know, um, you don't have to wait as a college student, you don't have to wait till your finals week and you're like, wait, did I eat? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's, there's like a myriad of questions and, and things you need to kind of check in with yourself. I, I just felt it was very important to just see, see self-care and, and overall wellness as a more practical um, experience. It does not have to be frightening. Um, I definitely kind of wanted to reduce the stigma. Like I know a lot of the work is done in mental health in general, mm-hmm. reduce stigma, reduce any kind of barrier that women may feel is there mm-hmm. um, until they reach these points of, you know, lifestyle, like milestones. They don't have to wait that that long. They can really get ahead of any kind of stress-related instances in their life. Mm-hmm. 
I like that. So, and I think I've I've seen that in terms of like the work that I've done with some entrepreneurs is that oftentimes it is when your life is about to make a transition. So whether that means a new role is about to be um, added for you, or maybe there's a major gain or loss um, that people just sort of be like, whoa, I feel kind of out of balance um, as things sort of shift. And so I can totally... Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you just said. So um, to uh, what what would you consider to be some of your like go to um, self-care activities? What are your things that you use that are that are really helpful for you? Definitely journaling is like second nature writing. Um, a lot of my background in journalism kind of stems from creative writing. Just mm. I, I'm a more creative person, mm-hmm. I say, than like, for instance, like analytical. Um, but I'm a, I love learning. So mm. I'm kind of like an easy learner and I'm very coachable in that way. Yeah. But journaling is something as a go to. Essentially, a lot of the contents in the box are like my go tos, and I'm That's just nice. basically packaging. Um, what really works for me. Uh, I am working to make the, the box like a little bit more personalized, but as of now, they're essentially just a culmination of like what I saw growing up. My my mother always had tea. She always had the book, a good book, reading a good book. She was cleaning. She'll play music. Mm-hmm. And I saw that growing up. So I really kind of identify with those um, aspects as well because she kind of just was a model for me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely music. Definitely. I love, I love listening to music. And I also just love just kind of meditating. Not anything that's uh, too hard to kind of get into, but just like 15 minutes during the day, um, just kind of being still. Mm-hmm. I find is, is how I like refer to it or how do I how I approach it um, and just being very reflective even if it's like a to-do list like okay what do I have to do today just right. like being still and trying to concentrate on each thing at a, at a time uh, two things that have been like a struggle for me is just like balance mm-hmm. balance between independence like kind of like a life of independence versus the codependence also just like time management especially with my son having my son now and having candlelit box mm-hmm. um and dealing with customers and also showing up as a wife mm-hmm. definitely like time management has, has, has i just have to be more mindful of my time so that's helped as well mm-hmm. and um just just saying you know but definitely regulating like what i'm saying yes to and um mm-hmm. allowing myself the courage to say no or to re- recognize when things aren't exactly for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, having to protect your time and um, mm-hmm. knowing when you can take something on and not is that is such a crucial skill um, for entrepreneurs. So I'm, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, and <laughs> you you brought up music and um, it it created a connection I didn't even think about, but I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard this from several others and it definitely is, is true for me as well. Like I think as, uh, you know, growing up, uh, I don't know how true this is for young men, but maybe it is, but that Saturday morning, we're turning the radio on so we can clean the house routine. Oh, um, <laughs> oh it's not just me. I was like, that was like a staple of my childhood. Right. <laughs> I was like, my mama was doing self-care and I didn't even know it. So look at it. I'm at the exactly. Right? Exactly. It, it, you know, it really is, it seems to really always lift her spirits. And mm-hmm. now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, she was just replenishing her magic. You know, she was just, mm-hmm. 
going, you know, refilling herself just to get into the next week. Right. But it, 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 felt, it seemed so, like, natural. Right, right. So I didn't... Look at it. Look at it. Okay, so uh, thank mm-hmm. you, Laura, but I didn't even realize. <laughs> of course. <laughs> thank you for the connection. Yeah, I'm glad. It just, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a true foundation Absolutely. of our culture. Absolutely. Right. So it, like you were saying before, self-care doesn't have to be something that feels like so foreign from things that you already enjoy. It's just a matter of being really mindful about making them a priority. Um, and so I think that's that's the key. So how do you know, because sometimes uh, I, I can say that this has happened to me, that I have my sort of things that I do for self-care. I don't know about other folks, but I'm just go ahead and have a moment of um, just going mm-hmm. real transparent. And I, my go-to is naps. I love naps. So uh, <laughs> I like music too. Yeah. I really love naps. So, uh, <laughs> but sometimes oh, naps don't do it. Now. So so how do you know when it's time to adapt or or, or change? Um, has there been a moment where you felt like your go-to self-care activities weren't doing what they needed to do and you needed to maybe switch that up? How could you tell that it was time? Adjustments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Since having my son, it seems like every day is extremely different. Uh, even, even him, like now he's like teething. And... He just doesn't go to bed. I mean, he'll like wake up uh, at, at different odd times of the night, and it's like, okay. Uh, I think just really having your self-care wellness practice be, like, fluid mm-hmm. works um, and just being adaptable. I've always been really adaptable to different situations in my life. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost been, like, a gift that, you know, I didn't even realize I had until uh, I was even kind of, like, leaving by graduating college but yeah I've always been able to adapt um it's yeah it's not it's not easy and and it hasn't really been easy since becoming a mom and 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 being a wife um having to adapt but I think just having the flexibility allowing yourself to allowing yourself your time and allowing the people around you to be aware Mm -hmm. of your time and and also kind of conscious um of your time and and it's like can you you know Asking for more help is something that I've also struggled with uh, for years. <laughs> right. But um, I, so yeah, I I think um, me getting over the courage of asking for help kind of would have would help in, in that adjusting to just your your practice of being kind of thrown off um, thrown off track mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on a on a kind of frequent basis because it definitely happens. It happens to me all the time, and I definitely they kind of like my husband. He's definitely mindful of checking in on me. Um, but even, you know, him, he, he could be thrown off his track. I think everyone is really susceptible to kind of be th- being thrown off. Life throws you all these sorts of curveballs. And I think really how you, how you get, as they say, like how you get up or how you recover is, you know, is, is what really shows your character or really what, you know, kind of shows uh, who you are. It's a, it's a phrase, but I, I, think, I think there's truth to it. You know, I think it is character building. Um, and it also, those same skills can be definitely transferred over to like how you practice your own personal wellness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like self-care has become quite like a buzzword or, or like a trend. While I'm glad that it's, there's been like a resurgence of attention paid to wellness, um, specific people of color, it's just, yeah, I just really want to be like very intentional about 
it not being, you know, going to hot yoga or having green smoothies mm-hmm. or looking like, you know, a, a celebrity who probably doesn't look like you, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, probably doesn't have your background and have your, um, just like, yeah, they're like kind of stressors even, mm-hmm. you know, our stressors are very particular to our community. And, as the, you know, as soon as we start to see wellness as something that is for us, like, you know, in the words of Solange, just Solange, like, this one is for us. Like, right. seriously, this is, these are practices that were created essentially by indigenous tribes. So, mm-hmm. as long as, you know, the sooner we really take ownership and um, really stand our ground as far as being uh, the owners and um, as, as long as we start to participate in our own wellness, mm-hmm. I, I think we can really see it as, um, something that's really refreshing and prioritizing it shouldn't be as seen as difficult. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Well, you know, that actually leads into my question. I think you kind of answered it, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I think, I think you're absolutely right about, um, yeah, self-care is one of those really uh, buzzwords and, um, not wanting the meaning of it um, in terms of like replenishing yourself, getting lost in the, the trendiness uh, of the, of the word or the phrase. And um, there are all these new things that are cool to try and maybe, you know, things that you may or may not incorporate into your for real regimen. Um, but, but I do think there can be moments when um, people can make mixed steps when, uh, or missteps uh, when it comes to self-care. So what sort of mistakes do you think or do you see um, that other um, Black entrepreneurs make when it comes to, to self-care? I think internally, um, I, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I, I, from what I see, a lot of us, you know, want to hustle. Mm-hmm. And not, nothing against the word. I think it's, a, it's an extremely motivating word. I felt motivated from it mm-hmm. um, as, as a word. Um, the words have power. And I think that word in particular, uh, I, I definitely see remnants of that word being kind of like, pressure, added pressure to black entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs, who really, I mean, as women, we really want to be the best of the best. We want to have, we want to wear, we wear multiple hats and we want to be a hundred percent in each of those aspects of our lives. We want to be the best sisters, the best friends, the best wives, the best, you know, um, moms. And, and it can, it can really hinder uh, a lot of our progression. Mm-hmm. in different roles especially as entrepreneurs because that that role as an entrepreneur is so taxing taxing mm-hmm. you know I mean I honestly I hadn't seen myself before I hadn't seen myself as a, an entrepreneur I hadn't recognized myself as that or or even kind of called myself an entrepreneur I wasn't surrounded by entrepreneurs um, as a child my my grandfather, he, he drove his own cab um, in New York City where, I'm, where I live, and, uh, but he passed away when I was two, and um, it just wasn't something um, outside of, you know, my parents were extremely supportive of, like, you know, as far as, like, um, going to college and getting a successful job, but mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur wasn't something that was, um, and at least in my household, when I was extremely... Um, even I didn't even see it as like uh, an option mm-hmm. um, just to be quite honest. So a lot of us, I feel like have that with where um, most of us may not have had that household where we had uh, entrepreneurs in our family or even like our parents 
um, if you know, e even if you have two parent households. So I think we we may not even know how to identify with the role itself, which mm -hmm. also could be kind of a hindrance. Mm -hmm. um, and I think my solution, well, at least my solution personally for that is, yeah, I just kind of reach to these good old wellness practices. I also try to, yeah, switch out what's, you know, what's not working, switch out, mm -hmm. just kind of to add some variety to my life. Um, you know, in addition to the variety that my son provides, <laughs> as far as right, like, right. his behavior changes. Right. Um, but I definitely try to mix it up with the wellness. I like, for instance, I would not mind going to yoga class, but I do know, and I have heard from other women of color uh, that, you know, they'll go into a class, a soul cycle class, for instance, not to call anyone out or, you know, any brand out, but mm -hmm. they'll go with the soul cycle. And they'll feel like an other. They'll feel like mm -hmm. an outsider, you mm -hmm. know. And and I'm sure people approach yoga classes the same way. Mm -hmm. I I think you should you know vary your your wellness practices up whatever feels amazing to you and and fills you. Mm -hmm. But I just don't want women to feel like they can't uh, insert or approach uh, well anything that's wellness related or wellness practices. No one to see anything as a barrier. So mm -hmm. if, if you try out a yoga class and you like it, then that's amazing. If you go to a class, you may feel like an outsider, um, but you do muster up the courage to go back and kind of mm -hmm. overcome that initial, you know, stare down that you feel like you're given. Right. Then I, I'm extremely supportive of that as well. You know, that's something, that's, that's probably like something that I would do if I did feel that way in that instance, I would just go back the next day and like, hey, I'm here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, know it's the soul cycle, like I'm taking that bike over there. <laughs> <So> <laughs> You know, I, you know, just really just make, you know, exist and, um, and, and make your, yourself known as entrepreneurs. I think if we just paid attention or channel that energy that we're trying to hustle um, or achieve this, you know, hustle lifestyle, right. if we just channel that energy back into ourselves, we can really achieve a lot of the same goals that we're, that we're setting for ourselves as, as hustlers. Exactly. Um, so like I said, it's, it's, it's extremely motivating, but I think we can, we can, um, it, we can, it will serve us better to know that we can achieve the same goals, mm -hmm. most likely, um, by channeling the energy within ourselves as well. I love that. And I, I think that, um, when it comes to these, um, self-care, uh, activities that we do, just like you mentioned, yoga or soul cycle, or, um, you know, the thing that I love about us is our inventiveness. So, um, you know, I'm starting to see these waves of things that people might have had experiences where they went into those classes and felt, um, either othered or felt like, for some reason, this wasn't tailored to my body or whatever. And so now we have like trap yoga and all these other things. And I've seen all these YouTubes of people having these. Um, I don't think that they're officially soul cycle, but other classes um, around the, the, the bike, the stationary bike where there's, where it's our music. And so I, um, you know, so maybe it could be, you know, go back to that class. It could be that we do this thing like you have done and create a space that doesn't exist. So, um, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> I agree. I love what um trap yoga's doing. Um mm -hmm. Spike Spin, Brianna at Spike Spin, she's she's making like waves over there. Um I'd love to like meet her. Um but yeah, she she you know yeah, that you're absolutely right. We do we make a way. We mm -hmm. do make a way and mm -hmm. um and uh, yes, I that's how I that's how I approach candlelit box, you know, just really kinda inserting us into these spaces that we that aren't really marketed. 
as being for us um, right. and right. and taking and turning it over flipping it yeah yeah flipping that's it, it. Like, this is this is for us and that's we're gonna reclaim yeah we're reclaiming time we're reclaiming bikes yeah. and, <laughs> we're reclaiming yeah. it all I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so, Lauren, yeah. I feel like yeah, I could be too. talking me to too. you literally, literally all day. Um, but I'm not going to take much more of your time <laughs> because I'm so no, enjoying okay. it. Okay, I could too. <laughs> me too. But before we go, um, I need to know, what does minding my black business mean to you? Minding my, my black business. Um, it's just being intentional about caring for ourselves. There's a quote. Um, that's it's pretty popular and it's, it's almost pretty much like the crux of Candlelit Box mm-hmm. marrying like literature with self-care and wellness it's um, by Audre Lorde it's caring for myself is not self-indulgence it is self-preservation mm-hmm. and that is an act of political warfare and I just subscribe to that quote I subscribe yes, to just us putting ourselves first and um, really minding our wellness um, that's specific it. to us as black as people of color yeah I love that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Lauren, for stopping by. This has been such a treasure. Thank Um, you. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. So have I. I appreciate it. And I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. So if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, follow the movement on our website, mindingmyblackbusiness.com and on our Facebook and Instagram pages under Minding My Black Business and on Twitter under Minding My Black Biz. So peace and blessings to us all, family. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, let them know that you're minding my black business.